0: Okay. your nurse, she read too many stories, you understand? Too many stories.
1: <laughs> Mira. Mira, I've seen no. it, I've seen it, okay? This all here, me. none of this, no, me. no exist, okay? You understand me? This Eden does me. not exist, no, no, it. it's a fantasy, okay? See that? The, the, those are the names of the people who just made this, <laughs> they made this whole thing up. Okay, this whole, it happened once and they just turned into a big fucking lie. That's all this is, no. No. I know, I understand, this is,
0: this is a long
1: way. You understand, I am not taking you to North Dakota.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Dan. And I'm Mike. So welcome to 15-Minute Film Fanatics Season 8. Here we are, Mike. And Mike, this week we have another request. This one's from Harry in Wyoming. Harry in Wyoming wants us to do Logan by James Mangold. 2017, uh, Mangold wrote the screenplay with Scott Frank and Michael Green. So here we go. Mike, in part one, we always talk about our overall take on the movie. So we had both seen Logan before in the past, Mm -hmm. never discussed it watched it this week to do the podcast so here we go part 1 overall what's your take on logan
1: i think it's a top 3 marvel movie of all time i call movies like this movies with ideas right it's it's not a popcorn movie in the same sense that like jurassic world is this is this is a universe away from just being some kind of cheap thrill and there obviously a lot of work and attention went into making this this movie which i really appreciate but it's not a film on on the other end right it's it's based on well-beloved source material, but you do that, get one. Oh yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, you know, that you just made a, you just made a bunch of listeners say, technically it's not a Marvel movie because it doesn't take place in the MCU because the, the X-Men are all in this other universe, but we'll keep going. It would, it would be
1: much to their credit if it were, because it would, it would elevate the the, the whole the universe as a whole. Uh, you get one thing with this movie, which, which is obvious, which is Hugh Jackman is probably the best actor to play a superhero of all time. He's truly a classic triple threat. He can sing, act, and dance, although he only does uh, one of the three uh, in this movie. And uh, you get the inimitable Patrick Stewart, who I love, uh, who's absolutely fantastic in this movie. It's got a great ensemble cast, uh, including the villains. And I, it's just enjoyable all the way through. My, my favorite thing to say about the second Wolverine movie is that the whole thing should, de- should take place um, on top of a bullet train. There's a famous fight scene on top of a bullet train. And I think it's the same team. But what they definitely got right in this movie is it's certainly impelled forward. Uh, You you feel like you're being carried forward. It feels uh, shorter than it is. And and overall, it's it's very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I watched it. I watched the noir version, the black and white version. You watched it in color this time, right? I did, and it was so enjoyable to watch the noir version. And I just, I, you know, I I love this movie so much, and I love it the more I think about it, and and that's uh, you actually texted me once and said that's a habit of mine that a day later I start to I start to really like ramp up and like the movies. Um, I think I agree with you that um, Hugh Jackman is so good, and and there were parts of the movie. that sucked me into this as a movie about this guy that I forgot it was, a, it was a superhero movie. So I was so involved with him and his anger and his muttering and, and trying to make believe he's not dying. And then all of a sudden there's that scene where the caravan's following them and there's a big car chase. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Cause it's funny, the first scene when he kills everybody outside the limo, I, I laugh cause I'm like, okay, they got that out of the way. We're gonna show you, here's what an R-rated Wolverine can do. Okay, that's all done. The wrong guys pick a fight with them. Let, let, let's start the movie. And I found myself getting sucked into the human elements of the movie, just as much as the action stuff,
1: because it is is actually very funny, right? There's a lot of it's very contrapointal in the movie, right? You start off with Wolverine, uh, but he's a limo driver, you know, or a glorified Uber yeah, driver that's great. in the year 2029 20, with his cheater glasses. Uh, he lives just over the border in Mexico, so he can keep, you know, Professor X safely away from people. Uh, it's it's very well set up and very imaginative, which I, I I really enjoyed that. Apart from the performances,
0: it's also the second film we've actually done this season where a bald guy disintegrates in sunlight because <laughs> we did not. That's true. <laughs> we did not to as well. I hadn't thought of that. That's how good we are. So we, you know, I love, we talked about Hugh Jackman. I love his performance in that everything about this movie is him being old. Like he's supposed to be like, I think 170 years old in in the, in the universe. Right. Um, and he acts that way. Like he begins in a cemetery. He, He wants to die, but, but he can't kill himself. He's miserable. Right. He's like this hero gone to seed. And that's why Caliban says to him, you know, something is happening to you, Logan. Like, you know, you're sick. I can smell it. And everything about his despair is so good. Like, um, and that's why he even dies in the opening scene, quote unquote dies, you know, and, and then comes back. But his simmering anger, and I'll talk a little later about this, about why it's in there. It, it, I think it's so convincing. And Hugh Jackman is so good to bring that off. And let's talk about this. The whole movie is modeled on Shane, right? And that's they're watching Shane. We did Shane already this season, right? So so what's your take on that? Well, here's the thing that I
1: think it, it takes from Shane the most, which I think is beautiful, which is that Shane implies a history with no flashbacks. I don't know if you're as annoyed by flashbacks as I am, right? But the beautiful thing about it is that it implies it the same way that The Searchers implies a history without flashbacks. And so what you get is real uh, sublimated emotion instead of something cheap, right? So that you can have another scene or you can just lengthen the movie. Clearly, whatever happened in Westchester, which is what's what's broken Wolverine's heart that his friends are dead is never depicted well right? it's, it's
0: not depicted but we know what it is is that professor x had this you we know we know we know,
1: we know exactly what happened but we know long before that he was already embittered right when he looks at the comp the closest to the flashback you get is that when he looks at the comic book right he said it didn't happen like that so something like it happened and it, it's enough that it touches a nerve for him to even try to remember Who he is, and so he's both cling to who he is, but he he can't bear it, right? What would that feel like? What would that be like? That would be like you had something inside your body that was a part of you, but it was poisoning you. And so I I think that that's really beautifully done and well dramatized.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would I just want to go on record as saying because I'll admit it, when things happen, history without flashbacks. That's good, man. That, that, that is a, that is a sweet phrase. That should be the name of your memoir someday history without flashbacks. Well, it's also funny that he's like Shane and that, like, you know, we'll get into this later, I assume, but, but, you know, he, he doesn't want to be the Wolverine anymore. He doesn't want to be Wolverine. He says, it's all garbage. It's not who I am anymore. And I like what you just said, that he's so hurt by what happened with Professor X that he's got to keep him, you know, over across the border in that big, big metal thing and give him the drugs. That there's this, he's been put into this, it's, it's kind of funny because Hugh Jackman is like so ripped and so tough, but the movie puts him in this strange domestic space. Like, think of all the domestic things that come up, like with, with Professor X, it's like he's taking care of an older elderly parent, right, who just complains. He's like Livia Soprano, right? He makes him take the drugs, like, it's for your own good. And he's like, no, you're waiting for me to die. And he says, like, you're a disappointment to me. He says all the things you don't want your old father to say to you, right? He's got to take care of Laura, the wild kid, and like teacher table manners, right? Um, there's a great bit in the store where she goes nuts and he's like, not okay, <laughs> not okay. Um, Caliban is like his nagging, you know, Alice Cramden, you know, like I'm doing your washing and ironing and like, I can't help you if you won't talk to me. Um, and it's almost like when he takes Laura in the woods, it's like, take your child to work day. So it's kind of like, he's got all these domestic um, vexations pulling at him. And he, he it, that's not who he was. And he's trying to keep up with that. Keep, but he, but he but that's why he keeps drinking. My favorite thing
1: is when he, when Caliban gives him the bottle of ibuprofen to pretend it's the seizure medication, because it's so unbelievably petty. Yeah. That it's, it, right. That That's a beautiful counterpoint. That's a beautiful irony in itself.
0: Yeah. You don't see you know, you don't see in the MCU you don't see, you know, um, Captain America and and um, you know, Tony Stark getting into petty little arguments about like whose job, whose turn it is to, to take care of the Hulk or something. But this one is like, you just get such a good sense of his simmering anger, just like just like a, a Tuesday during the, the work week or something. And I, I think If I had to imagine what reminded
1: the writers of Shane or how it's the most like Shane, it's in the costume. Because the beautiful thing about Shane is he takes his costume off, right? And he he puts that blue shirt on. But when you look at the Wolverine lumbering around in the clothes that he wears in 2029, it's a shock to see the, the old blue and yellow costume from the comic yeah. books, right? It, it They make it look as comical as possible to you by trying to make outward reality look super gritty. And I think if, if, if there's one little rhyming moment that could have gotten a writer started, how is this like Shane or reminded them like Shane? I think it's in the costumes.
0: Yeah, and that's why we're jumping way ahead. But that's why I love it when the kids shave his beard. Because they want to, they just want to give him that they want to give him like the Wolverine haircut. And that's part of it is right is like he's he doesn't want to do that anymore, just in the way Alan Ladd doesn't want to be a gunfighter. He wants to take out the tree stump, you know, and and help run the farm and things like that. But circumstances force him into becoming this thing he tried to avoid. And that's what kind of happens in this movie as well. He doesn't want the haircut. He doesn't want them. He doesn't want the claws anymore. But but circumstances force him to use them. Hi, welcome back. In part two, we always talk about our favorite moments or moments we found indicative of the film as a whole. But before we do that, Mike, I just want to go back to what you said about, um, you know, before in part one, you mentioned, um, you know, history without flashbacks. I thought that was great. And it, re- it re- occurred to me that in a lot of the superhero movies, especially in the MCU, you do get a lot of flashbacks. Because, you know, you hear people say, like, you know, that's why in Spider-Man 2, you don't see Thor because he's been in a time warp. And those are the kind of things that, like, they think they're building out the world. And we would have loved those things when we were 10. But they, think, they think they're, think they like, building out the world with all those flashbacks. But, but they're so much better when you don't see them.
1: Yeah, I think it's because none of those characters have real emotions. So all you have is information. So they'll give you as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And Hugh Jackman carries off. You need a certain kind of actor to convey a history without seeing that history like him and like John Wayne and the Sergers. Okay. So what was one of your favorite moments in the movie? So my favorite moment was it looks like we're about to have a huge chase
1: scene with the limousine as they're trying to drive away from the compound. And so they do something that every hero does in a movie, which is you got to drive the car through the fence. But in this case, it's a locked gate that bends and bends and bends and then ultimately doesn't snap. And so while the motorcycles are surrounding the limousine, he's got to put it in reverse, which, of course, uh, uh, exposes their broadside, which is totally riddled with bullets and um, And that's, that's a lot. That's the feeling of the film. This happens over and over again. It's kind of, it's the film's main point is that the things that you expect to happen in movies don't happen in life. Right. And so the heroes make friends with the family, you know, spoiler alert, everybody in the family dies, right? They, they go to stay at the hotel to have a nice family. Right. And, and it's a, it's a terrible moment, but it's 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 just the gate all over again and as soon as you right as soon as you even see the limo driving at the gate you're like oh no that's no right and it's the same thing with it's the same thing with the family it's the same thing with the with the final scene it's the same thing when you see the shocking a young Hugh Jackman which by the way let me say that I I really hate that technology but this is the only time that I really don't hate it Any other movie we've actually ever watched or discussed that that has this technology in it, you, you know, really grinds my gears. And there's nothing worse than Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Salvation, which, you know, God forbid we ever do on this podcast. I don't even want to do a one shot about it. But, you know, that's that's just a pet peeve of mine, which works really well, right? But you're like, it it is right. It is, but it isn't. And so it's about the, the nature of, you know, filmic truth, but it's leaning on what you know about films. And so... It's an inherently kind of tongue-in-cheek universe or inherently ironic universe yeah. because it they don't dramatize things that way in their universe, but they expect you to know and have certain expectations.
0: That's great, Mike, because of course, like that's that's like lesson seventy-six for movies: any gate you can get through, any gate with a car. It doesn't matter. And the gate will snap open. So when that gate doesn't open, it's just like, you you could see, you could just imagine, you know, a wolf, uh, Logan say like, it's another damn thing. And every single like, and getting angry and angry. And also what you just said reminded me of of a movie we've we've done in the past that we both really liked, which is Zodiac. That's another movie that constantly upsets every movie assumption about a killer you think you're going to get and all the unease that, that occurs because of that. So my moment has to tie in it ties it really nicely what you just said about like, you know, it, how much is life like the movies and how much is life like art or not like art? My moment is when, Laura keeps saying the kids' names like Joda, Gideon, Rebecca, Delilah, Richter. And, and, and she wants to take she wants him to take her to North Dakota. We're going to go to Eden, right? And he says, no, 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 no. And she pulls out the X-Men comic book to show him the coordinates. And he says, yeah, I've seen it. Okay, I've seen it. Th- none of this. He says, no existo. Okay, this Eden does not exist. No Eden. And she says, see Eden. He says, no, it's a fantasy, kid. It's a fantasy. These are the names. And he shows up the writers. These are the names of the people that made this up. They made this whole thing up. They just turned it into a big lie right? And they keep arguing. So it's kind of funny because the X-Men comic book is like, is like a superhero movie, right? It's a superhero movie that, that they're all raised on. There's this place called Eden and you're Wolverine and you could take us there. And I think the movie, and going back to Shane again, ask us this question, which is like, what's it like to be admired and to even be a legend, but to, but to feel unworthy of that and, and know that that's not really how it happened, that what everybody thinks that's not what it's like, right? And and he hates himself for that because he feels like he's living this lie. I can't help you. That's not what happened. No existo. And she's like, no, no, these legends really are true. And he's like, no, they're all fake. They're all fake. It's like Laura wants to live in a superhero movie. And he's trying to live in this, this, this rated R Logan noir thing. And, I love that moment because it makes like, it makes like the world of art overlap with our world. It's like, you know, it's like, she holds up the X-Men comic book, like one of the sacred texts. And he's like, no, that's not what it's like. That's not what the world is like. And he's living it. He's like, I'm proof. That's not what the world is like.
1: But of course the central tension is that's, that's who she needs. Right. Right. And so even if you, even if you think you're unworthy of it, right. The father daughter relationship, you don't get to opt out of that. Right. Because. It, you, that might not be how you perceive yourself at 170 years old but it's certainly how someone perceives you at 12 years old yeah. right so so it it is experientially more truth it is the truth
0: yeah because what is it, what does shane say a man a man must be what he is he can't break the mold and he doesn't want to do that that's why i love it when when <clears throat> um the bad guy gets in the limo with as i live and breathe the wolverine And he's like, you know, he he can't like he can't even say you must have me confused with someone else with half adamantine claws coming out of it. Like 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 everyone. And like when uh, Laura's mother, or turns out not his mother, but the nurse at the hospital recognizes him. No, no, I'm not the Wolverine. No, no, you're the Wolverine. That's not. But that's who he is. And that's who they need. And that's who he isn't or
1: claims not to be until, for example, he gives himself the serum. right? Right. Because, you know, to steal a bonus moment. Right. He's Logan, 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 Logan. And then in the heat of battle, when he you know, gives himself the adrenaline or whatever it is, the Wolverine comes out. Absolutely. OK, welcome back to so part three. Of course, we always talk about the title or the ending or the key
0: takeaways. Dan, what do you think about the ending? I have a lot to say about the ending and the title. Now, the title seems self self-evident, but I think the title's interesting because you know he already made the Wolverine. I guess they could have done like Batman, like the Batman and Batman, and they could have just made one called Wolverine. But I think it's interesting because the movie's about how he doesn't want to be Wolverine, he wants to be Logan. And this goes back to my moment: like, you know, we watch Superman and we wanna be Superman. Like we no one watches Superman and says, I'd like to be Clark Kent we don't watch Batman and say, it'd be cool to be Bruce Wayne. Maybe it'd be cool to have Wayne Manor, but you know, like it, it'd be much cooler to be, to be Batman, but here it's kind of flipped here. The hero is saying, listen, being Batman ain't all it cracked up to be being Wolverine. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Like it's not all it's cracked up to be. I wish I could just drive the limo around and have nobody bother me. So I think at the end, when it ends with, with him dying and, and the eulogy from Shane, right, there's no more guns in the Valley. So, you know, Laura, the kid is created as a weapon but now she can be a person. There's hope for her to be a person, right? And, and that's what I think the movie's about becoming a human being. That's why when he's dying, he says, So this is what it feels like, because he's never felt that before, right? And you know, he, he wants her to like to be the opposite of what they made her to be. He says, Don't be what they made you. And I think both Shane and Logan are movies about somebody who's like larger than life and a legendary person who tries to turn his back on that legend. And say it's not all it's cracked up to be. It brings a lot of pain. It's history without flashbacks, but then he has to use it because as, as Logan says, bad shit happens to people I care about. And he wants to not care. He he wants his heart to be more bulletproof than it is, but but it's not. And and that I think that, that's what I think is interesting about the movie. It's about a guy that he is Wolverine, but he wants to be Logan. And then he's got to be Wolverine at the end again.
1: So I I I do like this movie a lot. I just want to complicate one notion about the ending, which is, I think, why I liked it more on my second viewing than my first. But here's kind of what was going on in in my mind, which is we know that that Logan sets up this ironic universe throughout the first, let's call it 95 minutes of the film, but it gives you poignancy through the last five minutes. Logan builds a universe where guns are suddenly pulled on people. People get sneak attacked. You get surrounded while you're not looking, right? Cal- Caliban surprises the guards and has the grenades, right? There's a, there's no glorious death for the grenade. He just blows everybody up, right? Professor X dies suddenly, right? He doesn't get to say goodbye to Logan. It's, it's all built into the rest of the structure of the film, because when he's stabbed in bed, sometimes the bad guy creeps up onto you, right? And, and stabs you in bed. Wolverine has plot armor to the extent that his death is uh, Christ-like to uh, to an almost annoying degree, uh, right? Just in the sense that the, the, right, they want to they want to draw out that Wolverine is sacrificing himself for his, for his kids. Sometimes sacrifice looks like Caliban sacrifice, right? Yeah. Which is a sudden grenade fear explosion. <laughs> but that's right, fear the light. But that's not what's going to happen to to Wolverine, right? Wolverine dies slower than Vader, you know, and and manages to settle. 170 years worth of, you know, psychological pressure that's on his brain gets resolved in the last two minutes. And so kind of Shane builds a universe where it's like good will, triumph, good will triumph, good will triumph, good will triumph, good will triumph. And it's kind of a draw at the end. Logan builds a universe where it's like evil has triumphed, evil has triumphed, keep your head down, evil has triumphed. And all of a sudden, every everybody's a, a hero at the end. Now, is that the is that the exit that Hugh Jackman deserved from the franchise? It is. Yes. He he deserved it. The I understand. Movies. I understand why it was done, but if you look at the rest of the film as a whole, it's a suspiciously square peg, uh, and it just stood out for me that the, the final the final death scenes the final fight scenes are incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, so you're accusing the the very ending of sentimentality that's out of place in that universe. Yes. All right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm saying they built, they built a structure that that you wouldn't expect,
1: right? If you see a Christmas tree, you expect a star at the top, right? And it's, <laughs> it, right? it's it, This is just something, something totally weird. It's totally unexpected. It's like it's a sudden zoigma that just kind of pops out of nowhere. But well, they have to do it because he's Hugh Jackman.
0: Well, the other extreme of that, my friend, would be if they they can't kill off Hugh Jackman the way that Josh Brolin gets killed off in No Country for Old Men remember how he gets killed off sure now like I, I, off screen he smiles and that's it you're like wait a minute he's dead like so that's the that is that is the that is the, i think what you're talking that's the universe that logan happens in right i mean like like he can't I, die that way
1: i understand there, but there's got there's got to be there's a spectrum between that and boromir and this is like this is like a, this <laughs> is not is not a, a nine out of ten boromirs you know <laughs> where he's just been he's, been he's been he's been look how many times he gets stabbed just i don't know if you own the movie just rewatch it. I I get that he's the I get that he's the Wolverine in the moment, but I I'm giving that nine out of ten Boromirs. and he's I'm just full saying of it's,
0: adrenaline. It's, he took all the adrenaline because he knew it was going to kill him, but he had a he had to be he, you know he, he had to, he had to put on the fringe jacket and go face Jack Palance. You know I, I for get the good of the I 10. get it,
1: and I'm with yeah. it. I just you know there, there's a there's a certain drawn out drama to it that they that the writers are too smart. I know that they know that it doesn't fit in the movie, and they are like, I guess we're doing it.
0: Yeah, uh, eh, well, forget it I, yeah okay <laughs> I mean I, I I thought it fit I was I was totally I was totally with it I was totally with it so well thanks for listening to our conversation about Logan and thanks for the recommendation we hope you've enjoyed this conversation it was fun to watch the movie again you could follow us on Twitter at 15minfilm and you could also follow us where Mike? Letterboxd. Follow us on Letterboxd let us know what we should watch next we're still rolling and we're still taking requests thanks so much for listening everybody we'll see you next time